0: Hey guys, just super quick, I do want to give a quick heads up that unfortunately, because we are human and not amazing, wonderful goddesses of the human race, please ignore that, that's so lame, um, (laughs) we had some slight audio issues during this episode, just so you're aware, we are aware of it, and unfortunately, there was nothing we could do about it, but we appreciate your patience. And thank you so much for listening, and I hope you really, really enjoy this super special episode of Hunting Adeline by H.D. Carlton, featuring our super awesome friend, Angie. Y'all are gonna carry this conversation today. One of my
1: timeline notes says, "Fuck around and find out."
0: Here's the thing: we're recording this in August. I just came back from a week in Japan, so I'm not fully functioning. Are you ever fully functioning? I'm like usually at least half functioning, but I'm pretty sure I'm at like yeah. We a we were supposed
1: to record right before you left, and then you left, and then and then life we're happened when you came back. Yeah, it's and okay, so, all in it. But isn't that the best
0: kind? You know, sometimes. Some people shouldn't free ball.
1: But I am excited that we finally got to read Haunting Adeline. I want to preface that going into Haunting Adeline and Hunting Adeline, there is a book that is not technically a prequel. But if you follow the characters and you follow H.D. Carlton's work, there is a book that technically comes first in the timeline of these books is Satan's Affair. It's a really short, quick read. So if you have not read that one, I didn't know that. So I read it after. It's not the end of the world to read it after. It's just tricks your brain better the way things are written. And it it flows the way that it's meant to learn how things happen if you read it first. So if you've not read Satan's Affair, I highly recommend reading that one, especially if you have not read Haunting Adeline, Haunting Adeline First.
0: Sounds good. Um,
1: it has one of the characters we liked in okay. this one, and, and she's actually going to be getting a duet, a duet in addition yes. that's going to take place after Hunting Adeline. So, yay! Oh. Um, so, yeah, Haunting Adeline, H.D. Carlton, that's mm-hmm. what we read. Special episode. It's going to be a, a two-parter two parter because we are going to read. Both. We're going to discuss Haunting Adeline this week, and then in two weeks for our next special, we will discuss the counterpart to the duet and discuss Haunting Adeline for that one. So I'm not going to lie, I had this on my TBR for so very long that I forgot 90% of what the book was about. I obviously, you know, had a little bit because there's been so much hype around this book, so... There's some that like I knew that it was about some guy named Zaid stalking, but that was kind of like the exe- extent of really what I remembered since I put it on my TBR. So when I went into the prologue, I was like, okay, bet this is this is where we're going with this. We started the book with the first chapter where our main female character Addie is moving into her grandmother's. House that has been left to her because her grandmother has passed away. It is this old, like Gothic style, Victorian house. It's really done up to the nines in that gothic sense of it's black. It's kind of cool. All the decor in the inside is dark and gothic and it sounded really cool. And it I was feel right
2: like
0: that's where I wanna live when I'm old.
1: Right? Well, it was right up Addie's alley because Addie is a halloween like nut job she is halloween everything so this house just fits her love of her all things halloween and yet yeah, fits her vibe so well not only that but according to Addie, there have been five ghosts in residence for as long as she can remember because they basically came with the house and with the original construction of the house there um, were five construction workers that died trying to make the house, and they have lived there ever since. So
0: I literally went into this after I read all that, and I'm like, "Is this going to be like a ghost story too?" I know this, and, and we get some ghosties.
1: So <laughs> many strange vibes, and I really didn't know which way it was going. So she, you know, moves into this house. Her grandmother passed away. She moved it. It was left to her. She has a knock on the door, and no one's there. She's just really thinking that this house is totally, completely haunted. She can hear the footsteps on the upper floors. She can hear doors close. That you know, no one's in, and she's really, you know, has her jam. And at the end of the first chapter, we get our first diary entry to this book, and. It is a diary entry from her grandmother, great grandmother, Gigi. And we learn in this diary entry that Gigi had a stalker. So at this point, and she's sitting there and she's intrigued by her stalker. And at this point, I'm like, oh, so maybe the prologue was kind of from Gigi's point of view. That's that, you know, that was my,
0: I could see how you could think I
1: that. Got that vibe too. Well, again, mm-hmm. I, this is how I went in blind mostly. All of a sudden, this girl's moving into this house. Now we have this letter from this really, really old dead lady, and she had a stalker that she <laughs> was vibing with. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the prologue is connecting from her. So I'm like, okay, so maybe the prologue's from the '40s. That was my, my thought process. Mm-hmm. And, and we meet Addie's mom. And Boy. Addie's mom <laughs> is a She's character. Nasty ass hoe bag.
0: Okay, I'm glad you said it. Did you see my eye twitch? Yeah. Is that what your face was? Yeah.
1: <laughs> she's, she's a mean pants. But again, this was our first really getting to know Addie was her moving in and her response to her mother. And I we don't know a lot about her at this point. So I don't even know no. how old she is at Relatively this point. young,
0: isn't
1: she? She's 26. But at this point in the book, I don't know how old she is. Yeah. And she's sitting there arguing with her mom. And all I can think the whole time, is how young is this girl? Like, Mm -hmm. did we just get a book about this 19-year-old girl? Because she is acting like a whiny-ass brat. Because not only is the mom an nasty asshole, but the things that not only come out of her mouth, but her inner dialogue about Mm -hmm. the whole situation is so immature and so young that I really was like, where are we going with this? Who is this character? And yeah. I wish. I feel like. God. I feel like that just comes from her being really
3: sheltered. Because even though she was into the whole chasing horror and like adrenaline thing, like, the grand scheme of things, she was just very sheltered. And even though her mom kind of like hated her, she still like very much protected her from like, the house and the, you know, stuff as much as she could. But, you
1: know, in her own terrible fucking way. Well, so I wish that we had some background on her or got to know her a little bit before, I guess, maybe that scene or whatnot, so could because gauge, that was our kind first of... real taste of her and her reactions to things, because it really left a sour taste in my mouth for this character. And it just it, it, it actually started a long list of things throughout the books of how emotionally immature she
0: is. And how much Ariel didn't like her. In the game of fuck, marry,
3: kill, I I definitely fuck Adeline. (laughs) But I wouldn't marry her, and that's for sure. I would definitely not marry her. I married Zade.
1: So, it's not that I didn't like her as a written character, because she wasn't poorly written. I just did not like her actual character. And that is a personal thing. I... Tend to not like emotionally immature characters yeah. unless they are supposed to be emotionally immature. Yeah. Like they are in the age bracket where that is normal. A thing. Right. Yeah. But at 26 years old, I really hope that your maturity is in the 26 year old range, not you're still emotionally the range of a 17 year old.
0: Well, not everyone has the emotional range that you do, Ariel. No, <laughs> so on that note, though, I I'm read, pretty I sure I was about as sassy as that when I was her age. So and that's the, <laughs> that's the <tea. laughs> love it. I, I, I was
1: reading a book last night where the main character was like, she has the emotional range of a cucumber. I just needed I needed you to know this. I love just it. Like it. And, kiss. and so Addie has the emotional range of a cucumber. I just want you to know. I just okay. need you to know this going in. Just saying. I'm not saying she was. You poorly, know what? She probably like that. Was, she doesn't deserve Zayd. I'm just saying. I'll get on that rant later. But just saying, <laughs> I agree. Just saying, Z- but- Zayd has an emotional maturity much higher than her, and it's just he shouldn't have to oh, compensate for that. I agree,
3: but doing what he does and being the person that he is, even if she doesn't deserve him. She is what he wants, and th- what that man wants, he gets. So oh, back on track. Him, for
1: sure. Yeah, back on track.
2: <laughs> Holy so- shit, this is going to be a fucking shit show.
1: <laughs> so we find out that she is a writer, um, and she has a book signing, and we get our first glimpse of somebody watching her. And, and she
0: can feel it too
1: like yes of course because I, it wouldn't be a book like that if she listen, couldn't
0: feel it to him. be fair i can feel when people are staring at me oh absolutely so like, i, I get it yeah no i know you're being a brat it's fine
1: you get the you get the hair stand up in the back of your neck, right. and like yeah especially that kind of stare like
0: he was like well i think in. It, i think what you're hinting at is one of the other books we read the games we play where i'm like of course he can feel her like, in yeah. the same room. <laughs> they can always just feel when they're nearby. Oh, I know. We're cynical and fucking. <laughs> yeah. We're fucked. What else? You know? As Taylor Swift do? said, it's a shame she's fucked in the head. I didn't get to talk about Taylor Swift today. And poor Spencer has heard Taylor's me. world. We're just living in it. I would let that woman smack me in the face.
3: With I feel boobs. like I would do it for the plot development. <laughs> just saying.
1: Yeah. Solid. So. After we learn that she, you know, also kind of has somebody watching her a little bit. We have those hinty vibes.
2: Oh, somebody's watching <laughs> me.
1: Oh, my God. I we get that. it confirmed when she kind of calls somebody up for a... A booty call. A little, a little booty call. He doesn't
2: even and, like um, the
1: dude, really. She does not like the dude. She's just somebody she knows she can call for a booty call. And not even a good one either, but she's I just mean, scratching it.
3: I understand. She didn't even call him herself. Her best friend was like, you need to I get know. laid I because know. you are too much. Was like, Daya, you need to get yeah. laid because you are her. annoying right now. <laughs> and so she steals her phone and she texts this guy that's like, God, I'll hold that. She, oh, like, yeah. something like, like, come rail me or something like along those lines. And then he says back took you long enough, like about
1: time you came you to your should senses. you
0: be so lucky. Oh, I've met those men, and brick. they're terrible, you- and they're not great in bed. Like, there's a time and place to be a cocky asshole, and
1: it's not one of them. And uh, so she brings him back home, she's like, whatever, and uh the house goes wild um
3: yeah they start like making out in the hallway and, like on the way to her and bedroom
2: we
1: get and the
3: bang like...
0: bang bang bang
2: and it's so funny because
0: before knowing what we know about what actually happened i like fully thought it was all the ghosts um, me too so me too. because here's the thing that's a thing and i'm gonna sound like a conspiracy ghost person in a minute but you know what? It's fine. Because so when I used to live with my mom, there were ghosts in there. I wouldn't go into the attic at all. Then in my brother's room, shit would go flying off of shelves for no reason. And so like when I read that in the book, I was like, it's ghosts. What are these ghosts doing? What is happening? Are we in a ghost story? Like what's going on here? And then, of course, like we figure it out later. But like it just... There's some
3: real Her inner monologue too, because like she was like, This motherfucker's playing buzzer with my clip. Like, I what is he doing? I'm trying to act like I'm into it, but good god, what this is why I don't call this guy up. So when like the banging goes off, I'm like, Oh thank God, the the ghosts are playing referee. Thank God like
1: Yeah. I totally thought I was like, Why are they bringing all this ghost stuff into it? When she goes to the door to find out, which What's his face? wasn't even a man enough to check the door for her? Oh my God, man, He's yeah. such a little bitch any was there was nobody there at the door. and so she ends up getting rid of him. He's too scared, bloody, blah blah. And so because she doesn't want to move forward with it, he gets angry and it it, it, it was a weird moment, yeah. And it was like we don't know this guy from anywhere, but all of a sudden, this is all in the first chapter, and this guy just like throws a fit and punches a hole through her wall, and it's just, it's all just weird. The whole first it, chapter. Okay, so odd.
0: it's weird, but it's also not weird. And yeah, we don't understand the context of him or anything that they've done. Like maybe she's done this in the past, where like you know. But right. I have met those men. Oh, absolutely! No, no, no. obviously, are... it was like kind of with sheet. I, mean,
2: I
1: was like, whoa.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: Yeah, well,
0: he was just pissy because he didn't get the banging. The
1: first chapter did not do the rest of the book justice. No. Is all I'm just saying. So guys, get through the first chapter. So she found the diaries after all this. Oh, actually, before that. Just small note. We had a little chapter switch. This is something I didn't like. Kudos to being creative and having the little nicknames for... But I did not... I was really confused for a second because we were just supposed to magically know that we were point of view switching and that the point of view switch noted by these nicknames that were given.
3: So I think that once I knew, I out, knew, but it just, yeah, that
1: first I, think that switch, we, I was like,
3: yeah, I think that we find out about that. Like she, I think she's like about to go to a book signing and she's like super nervous. And that is with her. And she's like, okay, what do you call yourself? She's like the manipulator. And "And And, and they
1: come across and they're fine. But that first switch, um, when we get Mm -hmm. that little piece of him finding her, that first switch, it was just kind of like, I didn't like how that first one came about. After that, it was fine because we knew what was done, but it was just that first. We've talked about that a lot in the past. Crystal and I have- more information sometimes is better
0: at least though they are labeled
1: i thought they Mm -hmm. were chapter names because it wasn't like two chapters in her point of view which honestly all that went into the first chapter could have been split up into first two chapters and then it would have been less confusing if both those two chapters had the manipulator at the top and then went and that would have been way less confusing but when you have chapter one the manipulator at the top chapter two the shadow at the top i just thought they were chapter names we understood it going forward, but it was just that little bit of a, oh, that's, I see, I didn't.
0: That, but then again, I, we've always talked about how right. we all read very differently. Yeah. So, like, I feel like that kind Sorry. of
3: incentivizes your brain to just start working off the bat. Like, why right. is this chapter named the manipulator? Oh, wait, it's not a chapter name? Like, it right. kind of like kicks that brain into gear.
1: And that's why it just, it, it, it took me those extra few minutes of being like, oh, okay, switching gears of, okay. Mm -hmm. Addie finds the diaries in her house, and she now is on the same page as we are, where she's learning about her Mm great-grandmother and her stalker, and then she finds her first rose.
0: And and the thorns are clipped so that he wouldn't get hurt. It's, like, so funny, because, like, it's creepy but sweet at the exact same time, because, like, bro is stalking (laughs) her, but... He didn't want her to, hurt, like, get hurt, so he cut the thorns off. And, and then he breaks into breaks her house. Breaks into her house. To leave her a flower.
3: Lock, yeah, he, like, reverse lockpicks her
1: house when he leaves so that nobody else can break in. How cute. <laughs>
0: we have so many
1: problems. She no. is <laughs> renovating this, this cool house.
3: Girl, if you own this big house and you're, like, a big shot writer, why are you and Daya fucking cleaning out this house? Like... Hire some goddamn cleaners.
1: <laughs> so, well, that was my first thought because I was like, this lady is rich. She's a writer and she keeps complaining about all the dust and the cobwebs. And I'm like, you're living here for a couple weeks. Like how much money do you have? And you can't clean this place before you get there. It clicked a little bit after, okay, you're doing the renovation. So you probably want to clean as you yeah, go. But at the
0: same time, but... you've better... but like at the same time, the way I look at it, I is... wouldn't want to
1: live there like
0: that. Well, it's her last connection to that grandpa. I know, but she loves Sophie. the
1: dust and the spiders.
0: Yeah, nah, I can't.
3: I see a fucking. I there was a beetle in my bedroom the other night, and I left
0: my bedroom and slept in the spare bedroom. I can't. Nah, I feel yeah, like it nobody. would be like a cathartic experience for somebody like deep cleaning something yeah, like that. Her I'm just doing saying it right, and obviously, yeah. like I don't think she. I don't know. That's my excuse. So,
1: nah, so she has. So she spends a long time renovating this house and kind of modernizing it. And we get three weeks of random roses being left in random places. Her house being broken into, and all that's being done is having a rose left or a rose and a almost empty glass of whiskey left. Um, and it's really kind of creepy for her, but also weird because. It's not like anything is done other than a flower is left for her. Oh, and then she keeps making police reports about
3: this. Like, somebody broke into my house and left a fucking rose. Like, what the hell? Yeah. And, yeah, those reports end up going missing.
1: Well, (laughs) and her mom visits again, her nasty-ass mom. And then this is when we learn that Gigi, the lady who every few chapters or so, we get another little snippet of her diary, Mm -hmm. And how she is slowly kind of falling for her stalker. And we learn that Gigi was murdered in this house. And we get that kind of bomb drop. And
3: not only was she murdered in that house, but the bedroom that Adeline chose was the same bedroom that her Nana occupied. Same bedroom that her great-grandma
1: occupied that she died in yep her mom really wants her out of the house she doesn't understand her fascination with it she doesn't understand any of it we don't understand why
0: that happens until later on as to why she feels that way but
1: her mom's Uh, there's a couple nitpicky ways that things were worded that again it wasn't like issues but for example she's on the phone and she's like i got hung up on this okay don't say i got hung up on while you're on the phone because I thought she got hung up on for like a whole uh. second, but she was saying, I got hung up on that fact. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Or she was like, I got hung up on her or something or whatever. However it was, but it was
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, you got to be careful about like, wording. what words are you using? Right. In what context? And there were a couple instances of that in this book that they weren't technically wrong. Maybe you might want to look at how that sounds. Yeah. And they kept going and kept talking about the ghosts and kept talking about the, like, I've seen apparitions. And I there were so many hints and drops of that. I really was wondering where that was going. And I, I kept expecting the ghost to play a major role, mm-hmm. those five original ghosts that she talked about. I expected them to play a major role in the book. And I didn't feel like they did.
0: No. Yeah, it was an interesting choice cuz I also thought the same thing with how often they were being brought up. And originally I was thinking it's the ghosts. It's not the ghosts. <laughs> I mean maybe that's what she thought in her head. It was maybe the ghosts doing it and like her brain couldn't possibly think that someone oh, well, was what? I actually think she was trying to, like her
1: excuse away some of the stuff, absolutely.
0: Cuz I, I think the that that, time... that could have given and it and I more. also wonder
1: if some of it was left in the book or given as a kind of trail that it might have tricked people into going down that rabbit hole of, Oh yeah, it's it's this or or, the ghost killed Gigi or, you know what I mean? Or,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah.
3: I think it was really interesting how they didn't come into play. Right. But Sibby then came into the house with her four guys. So you have this one really crazy chick full of energy who sees these other four guys that are not really there so having like the five dead contractor ghosts in play with like sibby and her four guards bodyguards or whatever the fuck i think that was really interesting as well.
0: yeah and there's a lot of people who don't exist involved in here yeah (laughs) well but for real i mean everyone knew what the book was going to be about anyways because it's literally in the description but it's one of those things to set a different tone, I guess. But yeah, I mean, if you're living alone and you know that there's ghosts in this house and then things just start randomly appearing and things are randomly happening, like doors are getting knocked on and all this other stuff, like your brain is not going to go to, oh my God, somebody is like stalking me or following me or like breaking into my house. You're gonna be like, oh shit, it's ghosts. And so like, That's true. I think having the ghost as like a background in this creepy ass Victorian house kind of gives that, a little bit of a so she can basically explain it away instead right, of that's like focusing on right, like actual reality of what's going on. Because honestly like I would rather blame it on ghosts. If that was happening to me, you sure shit ain't the I don't are you kidding me? If I'm home by myself, this house is locked the fuck down and aren't uh... because I get creeped out. So like yeah. I would I would explain it away. I would be like it's ghosts. So, like, I get it in that point, but I also understand where it, it didn't play really any role at all in the story. So, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. So, Daya is um, Addie's best
1: friend, and she's a hot ticket. She really is the counterpart to Addie's introverted. Stay home all the time. Dia wants to kind of get her out and help get her laid and get her social and you know she's just she's her wing, she's wing woman. woman. Right, she's her wing woman. Right she's hand her, woman, like right she's hand. Her, she's her awesome best friend and she's there through all of the weird, the Rose stuff that's happening. She's helping her through all the renovations. She's kind of she's she's her right hand lady. She's like she's like her crystal to the Ariel.
0: Yeah. So. Is this book about us? Oh God, no.
3: She's also very hashtag tailors with vigilante shit. Yes. And the fact that she works as like a hacker. Yes, she
1: works as a hacker for an organization that helps. Undergrounds. Right, free people from bad situations.
0: I think it's like white hat hacking, something like that.
3: Yeah, I think when Addie asked her, like, what do you do? She's
0: like, I save women and children. Yeah, she's kind of evasive about it, but I... Understand because yeah. she
1: can't say a lot. She, you know, yeah. I think she probably right. has any a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So they go out to a bar to have a good time because dia brings her out and they meet these guys, these, these, fuckers. These, these weird, these weird men. And Addie is getting perused by this man named Archibald. That's red flag number one, right? Your name is Archibald the Third yeah. or whatever. <laughs>
3: yeah, but you can just call me Arch. I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm
2: Oregon just not. Anyway, right. so. or I can just not, anyway. Right? Or you just turn around and walk there.
1: away. dia is like, ooh, a whole couch full of man candy. So is like having a grand old time herself. So she's like, come on, Addie, just you know, enjoy yourself a little, even though she's kind of getting a little bit of a weird vibe from arch but then she gets a text message on her phone basically like dude that man's not allowed to touch what's mine kind of thing and she kind of is like excuse me i do what i want yeah she's very much like i'm gonna ignore the fuck out of this very
3: threatening text because i feel like obviously from my stalker yeah and she's like the actual text is something along the lines of like if that man keeps touching you, I'm going to cut his, his hands off, off and yep. leave them on the porch for you.
1: Right. Like, and instead of being like kind of turned off by Arch and everything, now she kind of leans into him.
2: Ah, uh, she does exactly oh, this what I is would definitely
1: do. what Crystal would do. Crystal would be like, <laughs> me oh, "You want to tell me what to do? Hmm, watch Whoa. this, bitch!
2: <laughs> I'm gonna do the I'm a
1: So Arch takes it up a notch, brings her home. And they start getting hot and heavy. And go into her sunroom, mm-hmm.
3: which is glass encased, which means that anybody standing from the outside of the house can see what they're doing. That was on <laughs> purpose. <laughs> Come on. Oh, For Someone sure. wants to tell well, me what to do? Well, if you're watching did. me, guess what? You can watch. And now you can watch. <laughs> Bad yeah, idea. She felt him watching her. Well, they walk into that solarium and
1: started getting heavy. And she knew he was watching. She was like we've all, so of course, because she's starting to get hot and heavy with a man, the knocks come again, those come on the door, they're angry, but our... mad Is a big, manly well and you he's... know he
0: big manly, tough guy compared to the last dude right
1: well because arch beats women for a living
0: well not for a living that's his favorite
1: pastime, though and <laughs> I, 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 it was a joke so he runs right out and whips open the door but that's not good enough because of course there's nobody there so he has to be all tough and threatening and go right down those stairs and then he does not return and she kind of inches out there Find something under her feet. And lo and behold, it's another rose. Except this one's (laughs) all bloody. So she calls the cops. Yep. As you should. Honestly, come on. And finds out that there has been no previous reports, even though she's been making um, all these reports. But now the detective, the lead detective
3: is like, okay, well now I'm tracking that even though there's no reports, like I'm tracking that there's a
1: stalker. (sighs) Terrible terrible fucking through the eyes of our stalker we find out that the first man who was such a nasty little turd bucket and ran his mouth to addie yeah because he when he left the house he was calling her a bunch of like slurs mm-hmm. and whatever so you know how zay it is he's just and apparently he took his tongue for that and we found that out and i was like
0: alrighty then and in her him, brain never her a bitch again. and then I guarantee you at this point Ari was like Crystal liked this book what the fuck is going on well it was more of the next part there's a part I'm uncomfortable with it's fine
1: and Anyways. I was like wow so when Archie runs out the door because he kind of hesitates on the doorstep before he <laughs>
2: boom, boom, boom,
1: boom, down the steps it's funny because during the book in her little inner monologue She's like, but after a few moments, he develops a vagina and charges out the door and down the porch steps. And I was like, it's those little things for me. Yes, those little things. yes.
0: The amount of empowerment was great, and I was like, hell yeah! Like, so
1: it's a female empowerment. Of course, our stalker follows through with his threat. With his threat, because he can't go empty-handed. Put on bump bum <laughs> He's a
3: man of his word. If he says something, he's going to do something. He leaves her little note. He's like, don't feel bad, little mouse. You didn't know. I wasn't kidding. This is a lesson.
1: She gets a delivery. Which, of course, in the box is (laughs) Archer's hands. hands. In this point, I was like, wow, Crystal liked this book. Okay. There's murder, of course. Duh. Well, because it it was kind of towing that mafia line for me. That I was I like, know. I get a lot. And I was like, I didn't
0: think she liked these kind of things. And I was like, okay. okay I didn't get mafia from it. I was like, murder. There are multiple parts of this book that I know Ariel was very confused as to why I liked this book. So
1: yep. So she had Daya help her and they installed some cameras. And uh, you know, she was all like, I'm, I like the ideas of having cameras in my house. And I was like, I'm sure he does too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they were all... Oh, like, talking about the hands and stuff. Like, do you think Arch is dead? And I was like... Honey,
2: really?
0: his hands are also? gone.
1: Like, really, really buddy? Really?
0: His, his hands are gone. I'm pretty sure that boy yeah. ain't alive.
1: Like, mm, no. What a miserable
0: existence.
1: You can't do shit. And so during all this, is going on in real life. Well, I guess it's all real life, but in the present. And we learn in the past through the diary entries... That Gigi and her stalker, Ronaldo, things are really getting intense and she's starting to lose love for her husband and her actual husband, not her stalker, like separate people. And, And then all of a sudden, Ronaldo disappears for three days and she's very worried. So...
0: Honestly, I then, liked having the side story in the within back- the
1: story. Yeah. 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 The um, new story. Yeah. And so this was my first inkling when Daya and Addie were talking about the whole hand thing and everything and setting up the cameras. And Daya was being so tech heavy with that and everything. And they were kind of talking about Daya's actual job because we've learned about our soccer at this point and we know what our soccer does for a living. And he, we know that he is literally the head of the secret organization that saves these trafficked girls. And when Addie and Daya are talking and I just like, I, I see worse every day, Addy, like this is nothing. That was that moment that clicked for me. And I was like, dia works for him and she has no idea
2: dude
0: i clocked that too as soon as that was happening i was like wait a sec because it was after we learned about his actual background and what he did and then like i'm like wait holy shit this is gonna be fantastic what and they don't even know i don't think she knows her boss was crazy like that but you know here we are it was great
1: so after that happened and all the stuff with another man being spooked by her stalker and then the hand showing up Addy's kind of like at her wits end. And then, so when her stalker is standing outside her window, just staring, staring, watching in, she fucking loses it and just flies out the door to go confront him and gets all up in his face. And she kind of gets her first real like experience of being in his presence. And
3: you want I to take. It was really funny because yes. she was like, "I'm stupid, but I'm like tired and scared, but I'm an idiot." And then she runs back in the house, and then she looks at the kitchen next, like, and she talks to me, I like, "I
2: don't
1: like are you, fucking crazy! Like, you finally for this guy, and you leave your weapon." I told you, she's got the maturity in general of a freaking cucumber. Poor Daya because this woman would not want to be your friend in an actual extreme situation.
0: No. Huckle's under pressure.
1: So her and Daya decide that they are going to investigate Gigi's murder and figure out who murdered her. Because at this point, Addie is so at odds with her own situation and the similarity between her situation and her great-grandmother's situation. And she's determined to, A, not let history repeat itself. And, B... She wants to prove that it must have been the stalker that killed her.
3: She goes, oh my god, I confront psycho and I drop the knife on the ground instead of bringing it with me. God, why did you make me the way I am?
1: Next lifetime, can you not do such a shitty job? And her female god that she talks to. It's fantastic, by the way. But she has such a reliance on that. Hashtag god as a woman. Oh, yeah, it's funny. It's It's hilarious. And... Nothing really comes from the confrontation with her stalker. Either way, she doesn't really get any answers. And obviously she doesn't die. So, yay. But then there's like a flower retaliation for that. Mm -hmm. And her house is all of a sudden filled with roses. It's like a flower bomb. Well, they also learn that there is a page missing out of the diary. A very important page because it seems like it has to do with right before she was actually murdered yeah. and that they're kind of worried about that. So in that sense, the next kind of thing that happens is the ghosts of the house help her and lead her up. Yep. Lead her up to the attic. You and could not pay me a million
0: dollars to go into an attic
1: in a haunted house. Absolutely. But she, they, where yeah, she finds no. that piece of the paper. I don't care. I don't want um, that piece of paper that bad.
3: Yeah, Granny, I'm so sorry, but Mama raised the bitch. I ain't doing that shit.
1: It's like that thing in a scary movie. It's like, don't make dumb decisions. Do, yeah. do you want to be murdered? Like, Do, do you want to to... You're about to the
0: first person killed. Ever. <sighs> oh, man. So... Yes, she goes up to the attic.
1: Yep, so she, she finds the paper though we don't get that paper ourselves yet. Mm-hmm. We just get her argument with Ronaldo, um, and them arguing about her his job and whatnot. So we have oh, to, have I to fill in those pieces.
3: By this point also we have come to know that not only does Adeline love horror, but she's like physically turned on by it like it's yes. an aphrodisiac for her yep. which is one of the things that makes her so well mated with Jade because he's a scary motherfucker
1: and she gets off on that mm-hmm. <laughs> the paper that she found though that the operation led her to was not the missing piece of the diary it was like a confession Yes, and it said I did what I was told to do because if I didn't, I know I'd be next. So this is my confession. I helped him cover up her murder. I am so sorry. And obviously that note was not from Gigi. And we don't know slash Addie doesn't know who wrote that note. Yeah. At this still, point. I think
0: still in her brain, it's the stalker killed her great grandmother. And so yes. like, she's like, well what the fuck like who what what is happening that's wild honestly though same z's as in the same headspace so i feel like that was done really well as far as having that as the B storyline because like i literally was looking forward to the letters every time they would pop up i'm like oh what's happening next? What's going to keep Yeah, going? I was and very like, interested I was like, in that. So, I was so interested in having that as the secondary storyline. And my brain was like right along the same. It was nice because it was a good immersion into the book to be in the same headspace that is happening with Addie. And then she's, of course, having all of this stuff. And I stuff
1: liked the to her correlation the and like the cohesion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So because she's having all this stuff happen to her at the same time that all these diary entries are also put into the book. And then like, it was it was very well aligned yeah I liked that a lot because like the book would have been okay without even having that but I think that just enhanced a lot of things in the book for me I think it also helped to not only
3: enhance it but tie it all together and you know Ariel brought up that she was very emotionally immature I think learning about her grandmother Jean it was a lot of emotional growth for her because she had to accept that not everything is black and white and yeah Gigi fell in love with her stalker and even though Gigi's husband John loved her so much I feel like it was a moment of emotional growth for her as a person and knowing that and having her be in that kind of headspace when she does eventually end up in the that she ends up in yeah it just it
1: culminates so we have a flashback or a journal entry where Gigi and her husband are having dinner with a friend of theirs, and their friend is just kind of odd. Yeah, and that was my first time that I was like, when, "Wonder if Frank killed her?" Because she's like, "Oh, Frank's here now. I feel so much better because I have a buffer between him and my husband." And I was he like, "He
0: gave me such want
1: kill her? bad vibes." So I'm just saying, it was totally obvious. like
3: anyway. yeah, Also, like, I I honestly totally missed it because I, I was just, like, too deep into everything else. I got very distracted. Uh, so we find out through the general entries that John has been having a really hard time financially because he, like, was gambling and whatever. And I just think it's really interesting that his best friend, Frank, couldn't help him out, but... Gigi Stalker was able to lend hands. Yeah. I didn't like Frank. And I was like, I was like, why? That was my first sign that Frank was a no-goody, you know, whatever. My first first sign was the fact that this man is the ancestor of one of the men that Z is hunting. Because the apple
1: don't fall far from the tree. Oh, yeah, we find out that later. Yeah, we didn't know that. Before that happens, she finally has her first real taste of being actually in his presence and they have a little game of cat and mouse and hide and seek and
3: very CMC. yeah
1: she kind of totally eggs him on because they had a text thing going and oh, she's yeah. basically like come find me basically like itch. yeah and he ends up chasing her through the woods and then the gun comes out. And then I was like, <laughs> Crystal, Crystal, yeah.
0: Crystal, take it away, Crystal.
1: <laughs> This is
3: your part, listen, Crystal. Much you put the, in the Okay, listen, situation. here's the thing.
0: Okay, first of all, I still didn't like it. And I believe I even texted you about that. And I said, there is a part in this that I don't like. I didn't like it. I, love
2: that. I don't love So no.
0: So here's the thing, because we read The Sinner, and I did not like the gun fucking, the knife. None of no inanimate objects, knives, guns, none of it. I don't want any of it in my own vagina, and I didn't like it in the books, and because it was also in Losers. He doesn't think mean so. inanimate objects. She means weapons okay sorry what okay yeah let's let me rephrase that no <laughs> weapons but so I didn't no stabby stabby and no pew, pew exactly and I had a huge issue with that in other books that we read I also did have an issue with that in this book but I think and I explained it to you. Shut the fuck up. I know you're not saying anything, but I can see your little bitch head wobble, and it's me. I want to smack you right in the face. All right. Now <laughs> we had this conversation, and I said the difference is the way that it was written, specifically in the story that it didn't. I didn't like. The, I'm no matter what. I didn't like the gun thing. I didn't like it. You need to get that look off your face, or I will fly to New Hampshire and punch you in it. Yeah, you're coming for a visit. <laughs> I fucking can't with you. But I also think that the way that this book was written versus how the other books were written with certain things, they didn't bother me as much. Or you broke me with those books, and so it didn't even phase me at this point. So it's one of the two. I'm
1: going to go with broken,
0: but I, I, just, I had to laugh because I know that that's something that you really don't like. I don't like it. Do not put weapons right. inside my body, please.
1: Because like- Crystal has had... Like seventeen billion yeah. rants. Whatever weapon goes in there, yeah,
0: it's weapon or pee. So weapon. what are the two? Okay, I don't like people yeah. peeing
3: on each other either. Basically, yeah, he's she's like texting him back. She's like, "Why are you doing this?" And he's like being all cute. He's like, "Well, you haunt me, so it's only fair. I turned the sentiment." And then <laughs> like kind of like end her on, but that I mean, yeah, that's his prerogative, sorry, right? Are- and Just then dying. she's like, he says, he says, I'm so close, I can smell you. And she says, quit being pussy and come out. then. Yeah,
0: she she seriously egged him. What?
3: And <laughs> she pushed him to it, and she was like, do it. Oh uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so he says, come and find me. Mm-hmm. So she does. What the? F- so then she goes, God, man, we really need to have a talk about
0: your life decisions when you made me. <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked those little quips that she had when. She knew she was doing something stupid, and she goes, "This is dumb," but yeah, it was it was crazy. (laughs) It never stopped her from making future stupid decisions, though. Of course not. Duh. Do things later. Ask for forgiveness after. Do things. Ask for. So
3: then she starts calling him Kitty Cat, and that shit was fucking funny. Yeah, I should not have laughed so hard, but that shit was funny. Listen, I have only one. Your tongue,
0: little mouse. Yeah. Ugh. Man.
1: Yeah. Well, because he started it with the whole cat got your tongue, little mouse.
0: He did. He did. But you know what? That's okay. I loved it. It was great. Well, he did steal somebody's tongue. So there's that. That's true. Um, but no, I, so, was uncom- I was uncomfortable with the whole gun thing. I was not a fan.
1: So Archibald, one of his minions was Max. And Max shows up because he's like, wait. So
3: before we move on from the pew pew scene, I I do think it was a little bit of poetic justice. So the same room that she took Archie in, that where he got her off with his hands, that was the same room that Zayd chased her into and was like, Well, a deal's a deal, pay up. If I catch you, I fuck you. So so that's when I think it was like a little bit of poetic justice where he took more power in that same room where she was being a fucking brat. Yeah, no, of course. And then she's, like, she's confused, because she obviously is very, like, turned on, but she doesn't know if it's because she's so scared or because she actually is turned on, and then she's just fucking confused afterwards. Yeah. So the next day, or however many days later, Daya and Addie are out, like, eating at a restaurant or something, and... Archie's bestie Max comes along for a chat,
1: kind of basically like, "Bitch, where he is he? Like, I know you had something to do with this, and I will make you pay." Yeah,
3: and she very clearly is like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about."
1: She kind of really doesn't know what happened. <laughs> like, no,
2: she knows Zayd. but no, she, she doesn't.
1: But she is having actual communication with Zayd at this point, and I yeah. believe she actually learns his name and. She's actually kind of learning a bit about him because they have a conversation where he explains, if I had just come to you at that book signing, it would have been kind of a lie because it wouldn't have been who I actually am at my core. And that's not fair to you. So yes, this is the way I had to come to you so that you would know me and yeah.
0: He's not trying to hide who to he love
1: me me.
3: Yeah, he's not trying to yeah. hide
0: who he is as a person, which I can appreciate. Why right. I'm sympathizing it, with a stalker, I don't know, and I, that says a lot more about me and the absolute therapy that I need to exist as a person. But here we are. Throughout know? this whole book though, he has such utter confidence
1: in himself, but also in his ability to end game with her. Yeah, because as much as her inner dialogue is basically like, "Oh, God, you made such a failure." Like, why am I fucking up so much? His is basically like, "Well, when I marry her, blah blah blah." Like, gotta love a self confident king. This man,
3: yeah, it's like he finds her, he becomes obsessed with her, and from
1: that point, that's on, it for him. Like,
3: nah, this is it. This, yeah, is, this is it for me, and, and this then, is the like, end. Literally every moment from the moment that he sees her at the bookstore it's over every little thought he has he's like I wonder what Addie will think I wonder what like, our babies oh, well, will think of this mother like right. <laughs> to the point where he goes on a mission he saves his little girl and she asks him if he'll be her daddy or whatever because you know she's a scared little girl he rescued her and he's like hmm, I get this question a lot but I mean I'll have to consult Addy because if I'm gonna be this girl's daddy she's gonna be her mommy so I can't really most kind of This about my partner and I'm
0: just like your partner, you're sucking. <laughs> Listen, he he knows what he wants. Should be wild, bro. Love it. Oh, Love man. it so it's great.
1: Z Zaid yeah. confronts Max and is basically like, "Don't fucking go near my girl." Well, not like that, but he basically yeah. throws down the law
3: and confronts him with the gun pointed to his
1: family jewels, and I think that was really funny. <laughs> so behind the scenes. Zaid has been working on this big undercover ring where this group of men who work in the government have been taking children and sacrificing them for their blood as a like a swearing in ceremony for higher power. And it's part of their society and it's part of this cult basically like they have going on. And Zaid has been trying to get in and dismantle this group Take him up from the inside yep. basically so he's been watching this man mark and infiltrating through him and he meets up with mark and coincidentally they happen to be across from a cafe where Addie happens to be and he tries to fear
3: mark in a different direction, but he's like, nah, I want to eat at that place. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, fuck. Like, if I draw attention away from it, it might draw attention to it. So he just goes along with it. Yep.
1: And so Zay doesn't feel like he has a choice. At first, he ignores Addie and hopes that by ignoring, that'll make it better. Mark would also, yeah. But Mark zeroes in because Mark recognizes her from a list of already marked women that people have marked to have as high profile targets that they basically have bounties on their head and Zayd has no choice but to be like oh that's my girl and now mark goes to take a picture of
3: adeline and he's like leave that shit right now he's like that's my girlfriend and he's like why haven't you like gone over as well she's working and i respect her space yada 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 mm-hmm. so the he like he has, has to, to introduce well, ourselves yep. and yada 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 and he kind of like looks at her please just go along with this yeah
1: so then we find out through this introduction that funny story mark is frank's son shitty shitty people and i'm like hmm, what's the coincidence of this number one and that mark used to play with Gigi's daughter when they were younger
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: i hate that man and yeah so he ends up convincing them to come to a party at his house and he's like oh yeah i i'll, I'll talk to you about that time when i used to go to their house and stuff bloody blah so they go to the party and
3: Addie wants to know because she's like well this could be the insight that i'm missing for the case because they're at a standstill trying to figure out this murder. Yeah. And they have no leads. So she's like, well, mm-hmm. fuck, like, I'll, I want to get information about this. Yeah. So that's how he kind of manipulates her into wanting to go. And then, so, Zade buys her a dress for the
1: occasion. Oh, red dress, because all this lady wears when she leaves the house is red. Yeah. I
3: mean, made red roses, red yeah. everything else. Come on. It's a very, like, gothic, for sure. Like, if, if things
1: and they leave to go to the event di- and he throws his cigarette on the ground and she tells him not to litter and he picks it right back up and he's like sorry baby won't happen again and I'm gonna one and it never
3: happens again except for two no. really really spectacular occasions hashtag Dr. On Fire
0: <laughs> yeah he does
3: so much for her and like I'm fucked up she puts on a dress and whatever and they meet up outside her house and you know, she tells him to stop littering. and then she's like she I don't know what she does, but her mouth be getting her in trouble. And basically she gives him a blowjob while he's like very aggressively choking her with his belt. Yeah. Very like walking like a dog sis kind of. Yeah. Very I don't know. So she feels like she took back the power by giving him head on her own terms. Mm-hmm. And then they go to this party and they show up and, you know, this fucking pedophile's mansion is crazy, crazy rich. And they sneak away from the party for a little bit and go to one, like, a movie theater. He has, like, a fucking movie theater in his fucking house. And this is, like, by far one of my favorite fucking This is a lot of people's
0: favorite scene. And a lot of people who talk about recreating certain scenes in books, this is one that is on a lot of people's list.
3: For me... It's not even about what happens. It's about the total exchange of power. Mm-hmm. You
1: like, keep your eyes fucking open or stop. And I'm just like... Okay. Yeah, I didn't find that there was anything that special about was, this scene because there's so many scenes in books that are like this. I think that it's one of the first scenes that I read like that because I remember the
3: first time I read Haunting Adeline was like right as I was getting into Dark Romance. And this was... One of the first scenes that I read where it had that total power exchange, and it was just so hot. Oh,
1: I read a lot of BDSM club books though, and they have a lot of things like that, so that's why I guess maybe it didn't really trigger
0: yeah. something for me. But something like this, especially if it's like one of your first scenes to read of like something like this, then it's gonna stick with you, and you're going to have that like built into your brain. So those actual scenes, so we go into this
3: room and. He picks out a movie that has not come out yet, and it's a horror movie because, you know, he stalks her so he knows what she likes. And she puts her in the movie, and she's like, okay, whatever. And she goes to sit one seat over from him, and he's like, yeah, okay. And then he puts her in his lap. And the thing that I love about it is is that he understands that organically, women need 20 to 20 minutes to warm up foreplay. And foreplay is not core play. It's foreplay. It's getting your mind ready for the act right so he lets about like 20 minutes of this movie go by before he starts like playing with her and every time she closes her eyes or rolls her head back he stops and he's like keep your eyes on the screen don't make me tell you again and she's even more a mess inside because she is acknowledging that she is consenting to this right now like he's not taking anything from her he's not doing anything that she doesn't want him to mm-hmm. so she's even more conflicted by the end her eyes are open and on the screen but she's not even fucking seeing anything because she's like on cloud nine and i think she goes a little bit in subspace before she comes crashing back down to reality and in his
0: head he's like i'm sorry for whoever has cleaned up that mess because whatever It's a big turning point in their relationship at this, and I think that's possibly why it sticks with people so much, too. So that happens, they write themselves.
3: She's a general mess, and then you know because Mark is a rich fucker, Butler comes to get them. Like, oh yeah, Mark's ready to talk to you now about Frank or whatever it's. Yeah. Oh, we should also mention that Frank is married, has Mm -hmm. a trophy wife named
1: Claire,
2: who is very clearly
1: and Addy are concerned for her because they feel like she's clearly abused and not hiding it. Like she doesn't even bother to hide the bruises or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like Claire. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> she didn't
0: give me so, the right vibes when, when in this book, Crystal. Her I'm her sorry. Marriage. I still honestly I didn't even like her in this book. Like Angie said, the vibes were weird for me. For that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, Frank is a piece of shit. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, I, know. I don't know. I know. Like, throughout this whole thing, like, the vibes were weird. Yeah, she was playing the part
3: of the abused housewife a little too well. Yeah, I think that's what
1: it was. Don't know. Right before they went in when they were still in the car before they went into the party. She kind of is like, is there anything I need to know before I go into the den of vipers type of thing? And he's all kind of like, don't don't judge. I will never indulge in anything they have to offer there. Don't be jealous. No one will ever be capable of getting my cock card except you. And one of my favorite lines I think was it sounds like you just have a erectile dysfunction to me. Because <laughs> yeah. to me it was probably like that's probably the best line I've seen connected to the whole my dick only works for you situation yeah. because there's so many men that are just like, No, it only just magically works for you. Every other girl just like turns it off. No, like that's not actually how a lot of it works. So I really liked that. But so after this party, Zayd really realizes how much of a target Addy was all along and he starts training her so that she has some basic self-defense skills because he's worried about her. Not that he's going to take his eyes off her necessarily, but he just wants to prepare her a little bit.
3: Make sure she can like bend them off until he gets there. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And there's this one scene where he comes back from kind of a brutal day of work where he wasn't able to save somebody and she kind of was able to turn the tables a little bit and comfort him instead and was basically like, you need to remember all the girls you do save. You know, don't mm-hmm. forget to remember them too. I, I love that scene
3: because she was able to put aside her own personal bullshit about him and just recognize that, hey, this is a human that does a really hard job and he's had a really hard day he needs comfort it shows and, more like growth i think that's what, to
0: their relationship
3: too i think that despite her emotional immaturity i think that that's one of the reasons i don't completely dislike adeline <laughs> is because aside from her own emotional bullshit she's still a good human like she sees another human in need of
1: comfort and she just does it i'm not saying she's a trash human but children can see that people need comfort and comfort them yes That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. She just doesn't have the emotional maturity that someone her age should, is all my problem. No, that whole scene really, her pep talk with him, them talking about the girls that he saved versus and all that stuff, it really gave me Q and Tess vibes from the Monsters in the Dark series by Pepper Winners. I don't know why, but very similar vibed scene. But so Satan's affair came to town riding on a pony. Stuck a <laughs> Satan's Affair is a haunted house company that tours and comes to town. And it's also the name of the book that I said that you should have read before this. Coincidence? No, no, it's not. I can't with you. Addie and Daya have been so excited for Satan's Affair to come to town. They love to go to this haunted house extravaganza because it's basically like an entire... Um, carnival, entire fair, um, but all haunted houses. They have food, they have games, they have all kinds of stuff, but it's, it's all a bunch of different haunted houses and cool stuff. Yeah. And they travel from town to town, and this is the time where they're going to be in Seattle, which is where this book takes place. And they're stoked, they got tickets, they're excited. And they go to Satan's Affair. Well... Guess who else is going to Satan's Affair? Bad people. Just kidding. Oh, I was going to say Zayd. (laughs) I
3: know. (laughs) Well, you know, he goes where she goes. Well, yeah, that's fine. He
1: actually was not going because she was going. He was going because Mark was going.
3: That's why. Yeah. So the thing about the Satan's Affair is that it's gotten very popular. So they had to score tickets in advance and reserve them under their own names. So Daya, being the, you know, ultra hacker that she is, she's like, I got this shit. I'll get us tickets. I'll get us on the list. So everybody knew who was going to be there before Mm -hmm. it happened. So Jay saw, Jay is Z's right-hand man. Jay saw that Mark was going to be on the list, and he also saw that Addy was going to be on the list. So now Z's like, well, fuck. Now I have to go.
0: Yeah, because Mark's made it clear that Addy is a target. So right, mm
1: -hmm. yeah, and he thought that it would be a good opportunity to kind of get them alone too, him and his awful friends. So there at Satan's affair, Mark and his gross buddies. Which keep in mind, I think I kept forgetting this until it kept reminding. But they're old. Right? Yeah, I kept forgetting this throughout until it kept being thrown in my face. Keep in mind. Mark is Nana's age. And Nana's dead. Nana died in 93 or
3: something like that.
0: Yeah, he's old. He old as fuck. This
1: motherfucker is crusty. Yeah. Hitting on girls, having a, a young wife, and, like, taking children. Listen. This is weird.
0: This yeah. is, it seemed unbelievable. Yeah. They should have made Even him the the under- Honestly, it's not unbelievable in my head at all. No, but I meant
2: considering the,
1: how quick this man moved, how state of the country and the, the abilities yeah. that he was able to
0: do. Yeah, like, but he also has a lot of, he's rich.
1: I and know. He's
3: so,
0: government official. It's, Sound like anybody yeah, it's know? not it's not out of the realm of possibility of things that can actually happen. <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility of things that can happen. He has money. He has influence. He has power. He has all of this stuff. It doesn't even matter how fucking old he is he could be 20 he could be 100 it doesn't even matter he has that ability so he can work quickly like that it does happen in real life things and so for me it was not out of the route like it, it didn't phase me that oh my god he's old how is he doing all these things it, bro he's a generational
1: pedophile <laughs> so the old men zero in and clock in on Addy in line and while they're doing that, they also see this young girl dressed as a doll for one of the attractions sitting on a bench and he in his filthy pedophile old man ways is like, ooh, young girl, and she's smiling at him, and he's smiling at her, and it's creepy as fuck. And she, you know, saunters off to her, her pink old house, and so he knows where to go. And he chats up with Addie, and Addie is smart, and she's like, "Oh, Zay just went to the bathroom kind of thing because she gets some creepy vibes from this guy
0: and but, she I mean, she, like, she the other thing that. too is is he's also using the fact that she wants information from him so that he knows.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think she's gotten to the point where she but she's
0: she she understands like he's creepy. That,
1: he's creepy. well, no, I think she, at this point she's realized that he's got nothing he can give her.
3: That, yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but at this point he knows that Z is tracking him and that he's mm-hmm. not a good dude. Z is a lot of things. But an honest man is definitely the top one. Because not once did he ever lie to her. No. No. Not
1: once. God, the bar is okay, so low.
3: Like, <laughs> like,
0: the bar is practically on the floor, man. God.
1: Daya and Addie are so excited to go into the, the haunted house and they go in that pink monstrosity of a dollhouse. And Addy says, Did Barney just come in here and shit everywhere? First of all, Barney is purple. I just want you to know. In Barney the pink look pink looks purple.
0: Outside was pink and the inside was purple. I don't know what to tell you.
1: I I was very told it's pink, but
0: yeah, okay. I wasn't in that anyway. headspace. I'm going to play a plot hole. Because Barney be is a dinosaur from our imagination. This <laughs> is what happens when you have a conversation with like a kindergarten teacher.
2: So
1: Addie and Ziya go into the pink haunted house, the dollhouse, and Mark and his friends follow after them. And they text out to not only put marks on them, but also the doll. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, Zade has been watching and listened in, and uh, so now Zade is in a hurry to get to Addie and trying to find his way through the dollhouse to get to her. But Zade has his path blocked by the the broken doll.
0: My favorite person God, of the Sippy book is uh, oh, Sibby is so great, so she's so, she's so crazy, vibrant. and I love her so much I was very put off with her when she first came in and I was like what the fuck but and then I was like you know what I kind of love this crazy ass motherfucker like I loved her yeah, she is like... like the crazy person we all weirdly need in our life but so
1: we can in her mind she can smell people bad people smell like bad things and good people smell like different kinds of flowers and whatnot And, like, neutral people smell, like, things like grass or there's different kind of smells. And Zade smells, like, for her, asphalt or something. um, Sulfur. Sulfur. She thinks he's a threat to Addy and Daya. And she's like, I'm not letting you have them. And he's basically, like, try me, bitch. And she starts being all stabby. because She's a stabby, stabby. And she's trying to, like, swipe at him, and he's sidestepping it, and she isn't able to get any swipes in. And she's getting mad. I love her so much. And he's basically like, dude, you're just wasting my time. I need to actually, like, help them from the real problem type of thing. And Mm -hmm. then somehow he convinces her, and then they decide to work together to take down the actual bad guys that actually smell bad. So they decide to work together um, and take down the four rotten egg people and so he knocks them out she's like i'll take care of these i'll put them away for later until the exhibits kind of close and he's like great cool beans and he meets up with Addie in the house of mirrors and they Which finally bang scene. for the first time it's another scene that a lot of people like too because they finally bang for the first time. And it's a big moment in the book because up until this point, yes, they've done stuff. But they haven't actually I, had sex. We, we even glossed over it. They've had plenty of intimate moments, but she was not able to cross that line because she still had that cemented in her brain that this was a bad do. This was her stalker. And this was just such a pivotal moment because she kind of just totally freed herself to him and they actually fully... She Fuck. let him in and they, yep.
2: Yes, yeah, she did.
1: Yes, yeah, she let him in. And they had quite a bang bang. And they both thought it was the most glorious thing ever. And uh, all that jazz. And they were in there forever because by the time she came out, the place was deserted. Daya was like almost hysterical because she couldn't find her and she'd been waiting forever. And Sibby, Sybil, was pissed because she had been Sibyl. waiting forever. I just call her Sibby. I forgot her name was Sybil. She was pissed because he took too long too. And the guys kept waking up on her. And she was pissed because she had to keep them quiet. And so to keep them quiet, she had to like paralyze two of them. And she was just pissed.
0: She's so crazy. And I love her so much. She's great. I was just going to say
3: that in the House of Mirrors, in that scene, they really kind of complete their dynamic because, you know, he was chasing her before because she half didn't want it, half did. But then she says something like, I don't want to give it to you. I want you to take it for me. Like, I want you to, like, catch me or something. And that kind of
1: solidifies their dynamic of cat and mouse and, like, the CNC and the stuff like that. So when he comes back and talks to her, this is another one of those, like, nitpicky lines I was talking about that I had. It's not
0: wrong. I love your face wrong every time it happens. Technically wrong.
1: However, it just could have been worded much better. So yeah. the scene starts with, what took you long? The psycho girl snaps. Her dull brown eyes alight with fire. And then he says, and then it goes, my heart hasn't stopped pounding, and I'm plagued with the unbending need to fuck her again. So, like, you're literally talking about the psycho girl, and then your next line is, I want to fuck her again. Oh. Well, we know because yeah. he just fucked her, but yeah, he really should not have used a pronoun there. He really should have used her name because you can't yeah. use one girl and then say her. It's that consecutiveness is just. Yeah. Then they go and they start interrogating. Slash, like, fucking up Mark and his buddies. And Sibby, Sibyl is hot mess express, and she is feeling real stabby.
2: And <laughs> she's also,
1: like, really enjoying this. And is all like, dude, if she gets off in oh, front right? of me, I'm just
2: leaving. <laughs> and, yeah,
1: like, I swear to God. And I'm just like, whoa now, Nelly. So he kind of messes with Mark terrorizes him a little, gets the answers he needs for the underground stuff with the society going on, finds out that he needs to go to Saviors, and that's where things are going down. And he also finds
3: out that regardless of Z's interaction with Addie, she was already marked. This is when he finds out that she was already marked the society. Whether he had interacted with her or not, she was always going to be... For
1: this traffic woman pack. Like, yeah. That was her fate. And he also finds out that them disappearing typically will trigger the society to up and move locations. So he might not even be able to get anywhere with saviors. Mm-hmm. So then he lets Sibby do her thing, go all psycho bitch, stabby, stab, stab, stab. And we should also note that. Mark's wife was with the four men during this whole affair. And when Sibby captured the four men, she let the wife go and thought she was saving her. And Zaid was kind of mad because he was like, "You just let her go. And she's like, well... Yeah, he's like, you didn't get her any help or anything? Like, this woman was abused. Well, I think he was more concerned that she let her go with the knowledge that they were going to make these men disappear and that she could be an incriminating witness. Because I think Z would have just had a nice little talk with her first before letting her go. Yeah. Probably. So they're putting the bodies in the trunk to uh, dispose of, and then the, boom, all the bajillion, jillion cops show up. And Z's like, get in the car. Like, let's go. Zippy
3: is like psycho chick over here she was basically like
1: you know my my henchmen aren't here yet like they're not they're they're not gonna fit in that car i can't go without Mm -hmm. them and that's who she was talking to in the house but he didn't see her that's why he thinks she's crazy and leave me leave me leave me and he's like what the fuck like knowing that if he leaves her she's gonna get caught but she won't get in the car and if he doesn't leave now he's gonna get caught too and yeah. she won't get in the car. So he has no choice. He has to leave. So Sibby gets caught. And takes the fall for the murders. Um, like,
3: they pin the murders on of the four men on this psycho girl. And we and find out we,
1: yeah, that she's been murdering people at every stop along Satan's Affair. Because remember, it's a traveling affair. For years. So they put her away in a, a cuckoo home. She is a big mm-hmm. cuckoo. Zaid goes to Saviors, and he already has a reputation with Mark, so he isn't really met with any problems there. Though, as a reader, we know, and Zaid, as smart as he is, should know, that the fact that they didn't up and move immediately should be a red flag.
0: Yeah.
3: Definitely a red herring, yeah.
1: So... He goes, he has, like, a dinner there, and he's tested. And they have this little girl brought in. He goes into Saviors, and there are these that they're drinking from
3: these weird chalices. And then he socializes all night, and then he gets invited to a dinner party the next night. And then he goes to this dinner party. Because he has to go
1: to to this dinner party to be able to go to their official, like, initiation thing, because it's a test. It's important because then a video gets leaked that has the same timestamp as the
3: night he was at Savior's where another another child dies mm. and he feels really bad because he was basically there in the aftermath and he had no idea. Right. And he feels really guilty that like he was there while they were like
1: torturing this poor child. Mm. So he goes and he does the dinner there and he fixes it then a child is brought in to enjoy for dinner. But thankfully he is able to create a fake FBI raid for drugs on the place and get the child out. But it also kind of sinks his in with them because he's arrested with them. It's a whole thing. And they're ready to go for the next night. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We learn about the roses and why the roses and why he takes thorns off them. And we learn that it's from his mother. And it's something that she always did.
3: He's basically explaining to her that he does it because he wants to. Like there he doesn't have a super tragic past. Like the only bad thing that happened to him was that his parents died when he was like sixteen, but they died in like a car crash. Yeah. And then he got really sad one day because he's like his die and like one day you're not gonna be here anymore to like
1: give me roses. Yeah, so she you gave him a fake, like a plastic rose.
2: So that's so that that will never stop
1: and he told her <laughs> that he wanted to see roses all over her house too because she feels like home I know
2: yeah
3: that's me one of the first nights that he comes back to her house after Satan's affair they like fuck in the woods or whatever and then like they're waking up and they wake up and he gets the call from Jane oh, oh and Daya, they, think, oh, oh, Daya
1: realizes place. oh gotcha 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 okay yeah Daya
3: walks and then, in on them you know they walk okay and she's like, wait, what the fuck? And then he's like, I trust you, whatever you want to tell her,
1: you can tell her. Yeah. Whatever. And and because she, she knows all about Mark and all that. And she knows that he's Daya's boss, but she can't tell anyone. And she wasn't even supposed to tell Daya. It's like a top secret mission. Yeah. yeah. So then Daya walked in and it was like, oh shit. So she had to mm-hmm. come clean about some stuff.
2: And mm-hmm. then
1: an envelope is left for her at her house. And in the envelope is a bunch of pictures from Gigi and another man next to her who is clearly making her feel uncomfortable. And all we know is that to Addie, he seems familiar. And I was like, yeah.
2: And he's wearing Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then there's a letter in there. From her true Don't love. The watch. And right, and the watch. Go ahead.
3: Right. So in the picture, the man that's kind of like making Gigi feel a little bit uncomfortable is wearing this like gold Rolex. And I guess this is something I learned from this book that I guess rich people have like serial numbers for their Rolex mm-hmm. so that they can like I guess track I mean it makes sense to spend quarter million dollars on a watch. You're gonna want fucking tracking number. They go back up to the attic. Because they're, like, we have to find that missing journal page. Something's missing. We have to, like, find it. And they go back and they find this other letter, this other note, and the same watch from the picture covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Like, dry blood. Yep. And that is, like, I can probably track down who the, you know, owner of this. Thing. We have to prove Now we just have to, like, prove it. It actually,
1: like, belongs to him because it could have
3: been somebody else's watch or whatever
1: And so that proves fruitful because they find out that Frank was the owner of that watch. And Daya did a handwriting analysis on the confession notes and it matches um, her grandmother's. So her grandmother actually witnessed the murder and was forced to help cover it up. And that's why she like, basically as penance lived alone in this house for so long.
3: Mm-hmm. And mind you, Nana was 14 years old when G.E. was killed. Yeah. So it was like superimposing cop that had been part of her leg for a while to the point where Frank's kids and Bob's kids played together. Yep. Like, he was supposed to be a trusted friend and she didn't know any better. He was a child, so this superimposing cop
1: man was supposed to be a safe gift. Tells her to do something. She's going to do it. Yeah. It's time for the initiation. The ceremony. Oh God, I don't want it. <laughs> and they are ready. As much as Angie is not. They are prepared. Zaid has his right hand man Jay. Who has been throughout all this book. We haven't talked about him. But we should have. Because he's been throughout this whole book. Jay's a important integral. Little under the radar piece. He's in his ear all the time. He's mm-hmm. his little earbud man. And um, unlike Sibby, Jay is real. real. Yes, he actually is a real person. And they have this whole thing set up. They're gonna go and they're gonna take out all these guys. So they get to the place. and long story short, it's a setup. The reason they didn't move, they knew that they could try to take Zade out. Even if it was at a detriment to their own people, people, their own society, they were going to try to take Zayd out because he was such a nuisance, yet he was so close to taking them down. And so the whole place kind of blew up. It was not great. And while this is happening, Addy gets a text from Daya, an emergency text, like, I need you now. Can you come over? Like it's an emergency, please help. And then she, Addie keeps trying to call her. She doesn't answer. She's freaking out. So she gets in the car and goes and is run off the road and taken. It is a major setup on both ends. And that is how our book ends. It was basically like the perfect fucking storm because mm-hmm. distracting
3: one to distract the other. And yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like they knew that they, V had her house around it. So the only way to take her out was to like draw her out.
1: And the only thing we do know is that Max was involved in her taking.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that the guys that um, take her
3: know that um, she belongs to V. Like they know exactly who she is.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's all connected.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah that was that was the first book <laughs> to bring it back to something that Angie had asked pr- earlier with the recording. Angie already knows what I'm going to say. It was a fuck Mary kill, Ariel? Is what she was asking. And it was fuck Mary kill. Hold on. Zade, Addie, Taylor Swift. Okay. Okay. I already know what she's going to do.
3: I already know exactly what she's going to do.
1: Zade, Taylor
3: Addy. So... Fuck, Mary kill. Fuck Zade. You'd marry Taylor
0: Swift? Yep. Honestly? Agree. All if I Adam.
1: can't fuck... Well, because I'm assuming... Well, can I fuck who I marry? I don't know. In this equation?
0: Yeah. the well, Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I mean... I don't know. I mean, how... I, mean, I thought
1: like, it was, like, an exclusive thing. Have you never played Fuck, that, Mary no, kill, kill
0: before? Say? Like...
1: I, well, my brain has thinking. to get all these technicals. I wasn't good at this. Oh, good lord! So here's the
0: thing:
3: they say that a marriage is not a real marriage until it's consummated. So obviously, oh, you would okay. have
1: to. Okay, so then switch, so switch that around then. Okay, so fuck Taylor, Taylor Swift. Zade
0: Addy. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the, yes. this is the conversation we that, that we we're having. That. This is the real questions being asked.
1: These are the important things in life. We were talking about how all of us want to be that chair, and you know what? Yeah. We also did not discuss at all Zade's heterochromia. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a very big thing. That's what I'm saying. It played an important part or a big thing. The light and dark, it, his personality and himself.
0: It does show like the two different sides to his personality, yeah. which is wild. But, yeah, um, With- I also want to make special
1: mention because we didn't talk about her that much because I glossed. But we didn't really talk about Ruby, and I just want to take special mention of Ruby because... Ruby's Ruby's, Ruby's awesome sauce. So Ruby is in Zade's like company or she is on his team of like close personnel that work with him and she's kind of like the mother woman, hen. child, mother, hen, fixer, whisperer lady that comes in and sets everything up for women and fixes things and comes and rescues the girls and does different things.
0: And she's he she's just some bomb ass.
1: Yeah, to, like take them away.
3: Yeah. yeah. I just want to make a special I, I mention.
0: Didn't... This is a crazy ass book. There were a lot of really wholesome moments throughout it, which I liked a lot. So... <laughs>
1: Ooh, who are you guys' favorite characters?
0: Sibby. Sorry, <laughs> that was a really quick answer. Sibby's my favorite out of everybody. I just like, it. granted, she is batshit fucking crazy, but I like her a lot. Aside from
3: Zayn, because obviously that man can end me, and I would thank him for it. <laughs> like, I'd say, thank you so much. It's been a privilege. I really like Jay, mm.
1: because he's just so unapologetically himself.
3: Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. and he's such a good friend.
1: I really hope that Jay gets a book. Yeah. Me too. The side characters in this book were great. So
0: just like email her and be like, hey, can you do this? Ariel, who's your favorite? My favorite was
1: probably Zade because Zade. But I do, I really did
0: appreciate the side characters. Cool. Everyone's who is everyone's least favorite character. I already know Ariel.
1: Yeah. Mine's Adeline in this book. Only because she was just so emotionally immature for her age and for the character that I felt was needed. It it fit. It was fine. I just wish that she had more of an emotional maturity. And that's probably a personal preference. And that's fine.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean,
3: favorite and least
0: favorite characters are always a personal preference.
3: Right. Crystal, what about you? I don't know. I have to think about it.
1: Mine was probably Addie's mom. Mm. oh yeah i was gonna say i think that's what crystal she hated her because there was i
2: forgot about her for a where,
3: second so, that bitch just because she's obviously a bitch the whole from the fucking first chapter we get the fact that she's a bitch and she goes to Adelaide like she's so obviously exasperated and disappointed in her daughter if you don't know her and have accepted her and love her for who she is at
0: this point in her fucking life like
3: you're just a bad mother. Like, I don't. I don't care. She but also. She was knew about the very... stuff
0: with the grandmother, didn't she?
1: Yeah. Not only that, but she had such a contention with her grandmother, Addie's whole life. Yet Addie's middle name was her grandmother's name. So clearly they had some kind of connection yeah. enough to name her after her. It, like it, the whole thing was weird. Yeah. I. Yeah. yeah but fuck fuck the that thing itch. that nailed it
3: on the coffin for me was. Daya and Addie were getting ready at Addie's house for Satan's Affair and, you know, her mother calls her and she's like, oh, you know, what are you guys doing? Are you guys coming for the holidays? Yada, yada, yada. And her mother says something like, well, you didn't sell yourself to this man, did you? Like, basically calling her a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And then Adeline just very, like, "Like, why would you say that?
1: Very obviously hurt by it. Because her mom sucks. What did uh, Amazon
0: rate this? So, amazon gives it a 4.4 4 and Am- and goodreads gives it a four <laughs> i know fucking so many 4.4s 4. 4 all the goddamn time i have it in my own personal way about like a 4.5 i really really liked the book to be honest angie your rating
3: my initial read when i first read it again this is when i first dark romances it it was a five when i first read it, like five out of five up the and then we ruined her. Now that I've done a couple of rereads, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, it's just things that you know, like you find after a couple of rereads, which yeah. was like, Oh, I didn't notice that before, and I don't particularly care for. Yeah, now it's more of a 4.8. That's kind of high up there. Yeah, I mean,
0: I would quite literally walk over hot coals for this man, so <laughs> honestly, he would probably do the same. I know he would lay on them so that you could walk over them.
1: Um, I gave it a 4.5. Arielle, what? I you and 4. I give 5. it like a
0: same, we got the same rating? Yeah. that
1: happened? I, I really enjoyed the story and all the different undertones and the different things that were going on in the background and the sub things that were going on. And I really enjoyed all the different background characters mm-hmm. and their different journeys and whatnot. However, there were those few different wording things for me. And time was a little funky in this book for me. I didn't like how jumpy it was and it wasn't definitive. Um, gotcha. And I didn't like that. I didn't be... like how... So it wasn't as well written in that way. Mm-hmm. Like fully, I guess, in fleshed time out. timeline setting kind of. Yeah. yeah.
3: I know that's exactly what you mean because the House of Mirrors scene was like three chapters. But then you would have things where you would have her go basically the span of three weeks and the span of like one chapter but not only that
1: yes that that, but not only that there was also times where like all of a sudden it would be weeks later and it wouldn't be
0: obvious do you want to cucumber rate the book or do you want to wait Wait till the second book and do it all well this is is its own
1: episode that's true what do you want to give it what do you got i didn't think yet angie do you got a number in your head I'm thinking, because like I think I'm gonna go with a six. I was gonna go like a six five or seven. I'm thinking seven. There Point weren't five. that many scenes, but, but there one. were some, and they were, they were, they were very well written. It, right, they were interesting, and they weren't just like the same old, same old. They were different things, different times, and they had different stuff going on. If it wasn't for the gun, I would have rated it higher. Thank the kind of
3: God I gave it an extra point five. Right, honestly.
1: that added a, a, a an
0: element of um, intrigue Surprise. over here. I know, but again, it all comes down <laughs> to personal preference, and that's not my preference.
1: <laughs> so, I know, I like I, but for me, the the cucumber rating isn't personal preference. It's it's it is it's, 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 it's how much spice, spice is in there that I mean. we feel. Like, it's not. Yeah, okay,
0: for you but for me it's a personal thing with how I feel it's written in there because we've done stuff where it's been rated higher and even though there wasn't a lot in it for what the book was it was, was well written right? yeah. and specific yeah. to that book so it's really subjective it's not
3: I guess yeah I just think that their specific dynamic was so unique mm-hmm. in the sense that yeah it was a lot of it was like cnc or like Force, whatever but it's different because we see the mess that's going on in her head where like body's literally fucking betraying her she wants to not want it yeah and so it's got an extra element of there yeah we're hot and bothered but you're also like
1: emotionally suffering
0: yeah
1: oh this was haunting adeline next time we will be doing hunting, Adeline, and finding out what happens continues. next time. Next time on Hunting Adeline. Oh, Is it alive? Will Addie make it out alive? Who knows? Good. We do.